Hello, and welcome to The Shining Light, where we are shining the light of the gospel and speaking the truth in love, providing strength, and stirring the hearts of our listeners. We are so glad to have you joining us today as you listen to this message from Pastor Tim Cruz. I'm rejoicing in the Lord this morning, and uh, I'm thankful that I'm saved. I'm thankful that I have this opportunity to come and as I prayed this morning, Lord, what a, what a great blessing that I get to preach your word. And your word has power to change people's lives. It changed my life, and I so thank God for it. And I'm praying that God will speak to our hearts today. But I so appreciate your love and prayers for our family. And uh, asking God to help us in all of these things is uh, something that I value and appreciate so very much that uh, God has given us a day of great opportunity, and I want us to make the most of it. I want you to turn with me in your Bibles as you take God's Word and turn to Psalm 40. If you'll find your place there in Psalm 40, I want us to consider this today <clears throat> and think about what God has given us in these precious promises of His Word. The word blessed is found 302 times in the Bible, 47 times here in the book of Psalms. It means not only happy, but oh, how happy, how exceeding happy someone is. And it tells us what makes someone joyful, so rejoicing, victorious, and happy hearing God's Word. David, it is believed that he wrote this while he was being restored to the throne after the attempted overthrow by his son Absalom. This is also a messianic psalm. And uh, so we think about this, it tells us about Christ. In fact, verses 6 through 8 are quoted in Hebrews chapter 10 as the words of Christ. And so as we consider this, notice what we read in verse 1. I waited patiently for the Lord, and He inclined unto me and heard my cry. Now think of this as this unfolds. God bends toward us. It's a picture of His care, His concern for those who cry unto Him. And there's a patient waiting here of steadfast faith. I waited patiently for the Lord. A faith that says, I have confidence in God, even in the midst of great trial and suffering. See, that's where David was. This is a picture of God's faithfulness in our times of anguish and suffering. God was faithful to me, he says. I had confidence in the Lord and in His promise. I refused to surrender. I was purposed to hold to the promise of God, come what may. That's where he was. He brought me up, underline that. He brought me up, the Lord did. The Bible says, also out of a horrible pit, out of the miry clay, and set my feet upon a rock, and established my goings. God brought me up out of a pit of tumult, uproar, or noise. This could also be synonymous with the grave, a picture of the Lord Jesus Christ patiently waiting on His heavenly Father to raise Him from the dead out of the miry clay. God will raise us up. There's nothing that God cannot raise us up out of or from. Think about that. Isn't that a beautiful picture here? In times of anguish, in times of great distress, 
The Bible says, He hath put a new song in my mouth, even praise to our God. Many shall see it in fear and shall trust in the Lord. One writer declared, With death destroyed, Satan defeated, and hell subdued, a new song is now sung by the Master. It is a song resplendent with righteousness, a song of victory. An innumerable multitude shall see the sufferings of the Lord, the atonement He provided for them, their shameful condition, and through grace shall trust in the Lord for salvation. To this thought the psalmist can only add in verse 4, Blessed is the man that maketh the Lord his trust. Would you underline that there? Underline that phrase and write this beside the word blessed. It literally means happy. Oh, how happy. So let's read it that way. Happy. Oh, how happy is that man that maketh the Lord his trust. His confidence. His assurance. How happy is that one who puts his hope in the Lord. God is faithful. God will care and attend for His own. So he says here, Many, in verse 5, O Lord my God, are Thy wonderful works which Thou hast done, and Thy thoughts which are to usward. They cannot be reckoned up in order unto Thee. If I would declare and speak of them, they are more than can be numbered. All the blessings of God in salvation, in redemption, in Jesus Christ. In provision, in faithfulness, in answers to prayer. In the blessing of creation, the sun, the moon, the stars, the skies, the seas. The blessing of a loving family, a loving home, a loving church family. These are the blessings of God. You can't add them up. You can't fully calculate them. There is no way to know their number. They're without measure. This is the goodness of God. This is how He blesses those and rejoices the heart of those who put their confidence, their hope, their trust in Him. Isn't that wonderful? I'll tell you, I'm trusting the Lord today. You say, preacher, you probably got a lot of blessings, don't you? Yes, I do. Do you have many burdens? Oh, many. Sometimes I can't count them. <laughs> but I'll tell you where my hope is today. It's not in me. It's not in man. My hope is in Jesus Christ. Amen. My hope is Jesus. He's my rock. He's my anchor. He's my confidence in the midst of the storms of life when my heart is filled with anguish and pain and confusion, I'm looking to the Lord. I'm leaning on Him. I'm casting my care upon the God of heaven. So read verse 4 with me again. Happy, oh how happy is that man that maketh the Lord his trust. The Bible says he'll not be put to shame. You'll be glad that you trusted God, that you rested in the Lord, that though man fails and man comes up short, and he will, man disappoints. God never. He's faithful. He is true. You can count 
on him. No wonder he says, those people are happy. Oh, they're so happy, those who put their trust, their confidence, their hope in the Lord. Look over in Psalm 41 and notice verse 1. The Bible says, Blessed is he that considereth the poor. The Lord will deliver him in time of trouble. Look what the Lord will do for the one. No wonder he'll be so happy, so grateful that he took regard. He had an affection to, for the afflicted, a compassion, an empathy for those who were weak or sick or disadvantaged is the fault. The Bible says, to that one that has a heart to help others in their time of need, God will preserve him and keep him alive. He shall be blessed upon the earth, and thou wilt not deliver him unto the will of his enemies. The Lord will strengthen him upon the bed of languishing, sorrow, or loathing. It's not just physical sickness, but heart sickness, soul sickness, when someone is just heart sick, heart broken. The Bible says that God will strengthen us. Thou will make all his bed in his sickness. Think about it. The word make there literally means to turn the pillow over. You've ever done that when you were sick? And it was good and cool on the other side, right? Maybe to fluff it. Or maybe to just straighten the covers. God is the one who is going to rearrange and fluff things and, and in general make our lives, the bed of languishing, even more comfortable to live in. Isn't that amazing what God says I'll do? I'm going to honor that. I'm going to bless that. When you help people, you take care of the poor. That's the heart of God. Isn't amazing? Oh, well, you know, they're, they're poor for a reason. I mean, come on. The Bible says, the poor you shall have with you always. So if you want to serve God, a professor in Bible college told me, he said, if you preach to the brokenhearted, you'll never lack for an audience. See, you can be poor in more than just one way. We think it's financial. But there are other people who are poor in spirit. And think about how God regards that. Their spirit, they've had all kinds of troubles and challenges in life. They've seen all kinds of gains and losses, and sometimes God empties them out and just breaks them. And they're thinking, what is this? Blessed is the one who comes alongside of someone like that. Instead of trying to figure it out and diagnose it and tell them where they went wrong and, and why they're getting what they deserve and, and they made their bed, why don't they just lie in it? Be careful condemning people. Because the way we treat other people, God says, you reap what you sow. I put that principle in place. It's going to come back to you. The way you treat people in their time of need is the way others are going to treat you in your time of need. So he says we're to comfort others with the same comfort God has given us when we were struggling. We're to help people in their time of need so when we get in a time of need, they can turn around and help us. Isn't that right? Of all people in this world, God's people should have a heart for those in need 
for those who need the Lord, for those who need encouragement, for those who need kindness. Do you realize that this is a cold-hearted world? People respond to genuine kindness. A smile is all it takes for some. A warm greeting and welcome from the heart. Oh, I'll tell you, this world is just aching for that, aching for that. But if we're not careful, they think the church is, is not a place of warmth, but cold-hearted condemnation. It's a place to go and just be told how bad you are and how wrong you are. I'll tell you, we all need to know that we all have sinned, right? <laughs> and sin is bad. And we're wrong when we willfully live a life contrary to the Word of God. I'm going to tell you, I'm glad the message doesn't stop there, aren't you? Because where there's sin, there's grace. There's forgiveness. There's mercy. Isn't that wonderful? What if people in Monroe say, I tell you, go to Shining Light. Now they're going to preach the truth. They're going to tell you the truth because it's only the truth that will set you free. But they're going to speak the truth in love. With a heart for God and others is the way they're going to treat you there. You're going to be welcomed with open arms no matter who you are, no matter where you've been, no matter what you've done. There's a God in heaven who welcomes you. Jesus Christ receiveth sinful men. If he does, surely we as his children do as well. And God says when you do that, isn't this amazing? It's a beautiful promise here. God says, how, how happy you are. Oh, how happy is the one who has a heart for others, who looks beyond the fault and sees a need and is like, well, this is not the talk, time to talk about uh, where you went wrong and how you messed up and how you shouldn't have done this and that. This is not the time for that. Right now, they're hurting. They just need some love and kindness and time to heal. Isn't that God's heart toward us? I'll tell you, I've prayed for years that God would help us to be a spiritual hospital. You go to the hospital to get better, right? To get attended to and treated so you can be put on the path to healing. I think about so much brokenness in our world. People needing to have someone to show compassion toward them. God says, now, if you will do that, I'm going to take care of you in ways that you can't imagine, even practical. I'll fluff your pillow. I'll just uh, rearrange your covers. I'll tenderly care for you when you are in time of need. What a tender thought here. The word poor is found 205 times in the Bible. Think about that. There are people everywhere who need help, who need the Lord, who need encouragement. God wants us to regard the afflicted with empathy and compassion and affection. We'll be blessed with length of days and the tender watch care of the Lord in times of our own sickness is what the Bible says. No wonder he declares here, blessed is he that considereth the poor. Look at what God will do for him. 
I hope you'll meditate upon this this week. Because so many times it's like, well, Lord, I'm looking for somebody to help me. I'm looking for somebody to take care of me. And we all have those moments. But listen, I'll tell you how you can work through those times. Is rather than being so focused on your own situation, say, Lord, there's somebody out there that I can speak a word of encouragement to. I can maybe call or text or write. I know I can pray for them. Isn't it amazing how we can spend every day of a given week between Sundays thinking my life, my challenges, my needs, my schedules, my problems, my issues, and it never ends, right? And a whole week goes by. We haven't reached out to anyone. We haven't spoken a word of encouragement. We haven't even prayed for them sometimes because we're so tired. Amazing how we're so filled with our lives. We don't have room for anyone else's. And that is not the heart of our Savior. He didn't come for himself. He didn't need redemption. He came for you and me. Isn't this wonderful this morning? Turn with me. There's one more I want you to see over in Psalm 112. Psalm 112 here is a powerful passage. As I study this, this is a psalm in praise of God's blessing toward those who live uprightly, those who walk with a sincere heart before the Lord to honor and obey His Word. Psalm 111 and 112 are identical. They've been called the twin psalms because they're identical in structure. Psalm 111 deals with the Lord who is to be feared, 112, with a man who fears the Lord. In 111, the mighty deeds of God, His glory and righteousness are celebrated. In Psalm 112, the righteousness and uprightness of the man of God are highlighted. The first sets forth God, His character and work. The second sets forth man, His character and work for God. Hence they are twin psalms, both acrostic and parallel, but with very different intent. Amazing, isn't it? I love reading these psalms, reading them together. I've really meditated on Psalm 112 through the years. But notice what the Bible says, Praise ye the Lord. Blessed is the man. There it is. Underline that. Happy. Oh, how happy is the man that feareth the Lord, that delighteth greatly in his commandments. Notice what God gives us right here. It's amazing. These are the promises of God. When you delight in the Word of God, when you take great pleasure in God's Word and what He says, to read it, to obey it, to teach it, to share it with others. The word delight has the thought of, to not only take great pleasure in, but it has the thought of zeal, to be zealous toward, delighteth greatly. I love God's Word. God's Word is a lamp unto my feet, a light unto my path. It shows me where I am. I get my bearings each day and where I'm to go and what God has for me to do. This is what God's Word is to me. God says, I will bless such a one. Hold your place here. But you remember back in Psalm 1? Turn there and let's just look at it for just a quick moment. Isn't it amazing that this book of the Bible, the longest book of the Bible, begins with this one word, blessed, happy, oh, how happy is this person? You want to be happy? We all do. We're all looking for that victorious life, that rejoicing life, 
God says, well, I've got the prescription. I've given you the pathway to that very reality in your life. Blessed is the man. How happy is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. The ungodly are not so, but are like the chaff which the wind driveth away. There's just an emptiness in their life. Therefore the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knoweth the way of the righteous but the way of the ungodly shall perish. God says there's two groups of people in this world, those who know the Lord and those who don't. There are two paths you can walk, the path of God's Word and God's will, or your own path. He tells you the outcome of which path you take. Amazing, isn't it? I've always tried when I had a big decision before me, I tried to not only think about right in that moment, but down the road a ways. And what will be the outcome of this, this decision, not just in the immediate future, but the longer term future of my life. And I've had to look at it more from that angle many times and think, wow, Lord help me to make the right decision. Because if I get off just a little bit here, by the time I get way down the road there, I'll be way off. I don't want to get off the path of God's Word. How do you get on God's Word or on God's path? Getting God's Word. Get God's Word in you. Thy Word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against God. The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 13 that the Word of God is like guardrails. It keeps you on the pathway of life and blessing. It helps you get your bearings. When you're confused, you can go to the house of God and hear His Word like you're hearing today as Asap did in Psalm 73 and you can kind of get clarity in a time of confusion, light to help you in your darkness. It will guide you. It will guard you. It will govern your life, your temptations, your desires, your decisions. The Bible says as we walk in the light of God's Word, God holds us by the hand. And in His time, He just takes us to glory. I'd like to end well, wouldn't you? Finish this race God has given me to run. That's what God wants us all to do. And it's going to come back from delighting greatly in His commandments. Psalm 112 verse 2 says, Here's the byproduct of that. His seed shall be mighty upon earth. The generation of the upright shall be blessed. The word blessed there means favored of God. It has a thought of to kneel, to bow before the Lord, and to worship Him, and God take great delight in that, and bless, blessing comes from that. Wealth and riches shall be his, in His house. God says, I'm going to take care of you. His righteousness endureth forever. 
To the upright there ariseth light in the darkness. See, he is gracious and full of compassion and righteous. A good man showeth favor and lendeth. He will guide his affairs with discretion. Surely he shall not be moved forever. The righteous shall be in everlasting remembrance. He shall not be afraid of evil tidings. His heart is fixed, trusting in the Lord. His heart is established. He shall not be afraid until he see his desire upon his enemies. He hath dispersed. He hath given to the poor. His righteousness endureth forever. His horn shall be exalted with honor. The wicked shall see it and be grieved. He shall gnash with his teeth and melt away. The desire of the wicked shall perish. It's amazing as you read these Psalms, God gives a comparison and then a contrast. You go God's way, you'll be glad. You'll be happy that you did. But if you don't, you'll be sad. You will have wish you had. Now what about it? Which way are you going to go today? We all like sheep have gone astray. We've turned everyone into his his own way. Are we going to go God's way or our way? He says right here, you're going to be happy if you go God's way. Is it going to be easy? Oh, no. Sometimes it's going to be very difficult. But faith doesn't necessarily make things easy. It makes things possible. And that's all we need, right? Is an open door of possibility. I think about what the Bible says in Psalm 37, it talks about the perfect man in verse 37. That means the upright, the sincere, not without sin or fault. But mark the perfect man and behold the upright. For the end of that man is peace. I want to have an ending that is peaceful, don't you? Whatever things that I regret now, I've got time. I'm still living to deal with them, to wrap them up, as it were, at the foot of the cross, to get them taken care of, to make the necessary changes that need to be made in my life. That's what repentance is, a change of mind. I've done wrong here, Lord. This is not what you want for me. I'm not trying to conform to man for man's sake, but you for Christ's sake. I know that is a pathway of wisdom and blessing, Lord. It says, but the transgressors shall be destroyed together. The end of the wicked shall be cut off. Wow. I'll tell you, it's amazing here what God says. There's a way which seemeth right unto man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. Broad is the way even that leads to hell and destruction. Many there be that go therein. Narrow is the way that leads to life eternal. Why? Because man must say in the end, I'm not going to go my way. I'm not going to live my own life and do my own thing. I'm going to turn from my sin in my heart to God and acknowledge Him as Lord of my life. He's my new master. He's my God. I want to follow Him. I want to know what His Word says. I went back and listened to that a few times this morning. Everything changed in a moment of time. I listened to that repeatedly, actually, and talked about how he took all my burdens away. And I thought, praise God, that's the truth. That's exactly what God did for me when I trusted Christ. He took my burdens away. And I rejoiced all over again. Some of us 
have left our first love, our heart is cooled because of troubles or trials or temptations. The world says, oh, lay down your cross. Get off that cross of surrender and service. Take it easy for a time. You'll be glad you did. Not according to what God says here. You won't be glad if you turn aside and choose to ignore the Lord with your life. But you will be glad if you humble yourself and draw nigh to Him and put your trust, your confidence, your hope in Him. If you'll see others in need and you'll help them with a heart of genuine concern and regard, God says, you're going to be happy. If you'll get in the Word of God and hide it in your heart and purpose to do what it says, God says, I'm going to make your heart rejoice and be glad. Oh, I tell you, I want to live that victorious life, don't you? I want to have my joy in the Lord because the Bible says the joy of the Lord is your strength. And can we just consider this as we get ready to pray? Someone has said, the world is run by tired men <laughs> and women, I'm sure. Think of all the things that men and women do. If we were truthful today, many of us would say, Pastor, I'm glad to be here in my spirit, but in my body, I'm tired. I'm sure many of us could say that, I'm tired. And God bless you for being faithful to the Lord's house. But God knows where you're at. And God wants to come alongside of you today and speak peace and reassurance into your heart and your spirit. If you will purpose to follow the Lord, He can renew your joy and out of that will come renewed strength new vitality, a fresh outlook on life. Have you ever noticed how bleak things look when you're very tired? You ever been there? And sometimes, literally, it's night and day with a good night's sleep. Our whole outlook has changed. Don't forsake in the night what God gives you in the light. When you're tired and weary and it looks like it'll never end and you just can't endure it another day, rest in the Lord. Rest in His promise. I am so glad today. I'm not here to perform and try to get God's approval. I'm not here in order to get God's approval. I'm here because I already have it in Jesus Christ. Isn't that wonderful? And I'm just going to rest in Him. I'm going to rejoice in the Lord. I'm going to thank Him for His goodness. The world is on fire, as it were. Darkness just pervades so many hearts and lives. Tension, contention, division, hatred on every hand. The love of many waxing so hard and so cold. Others have their choices. So do we. We would long for them to choose the path of right. But whether they do or not, we can still make that choice.
And of all the things that can ebb and flow and come and go in your life, the Lord remains constant. He's not going anywhere. Let's just purpose. Lord, since you're going to be so faithful to me, I am purposed by your help to be faithful to you. When I feel like it, when I don't feel like it, when I'm singing your praise, when I'm just wondering where you are. I hope you'll listen to that message from Wednesday night from Psalm 77. When you wonder where the Lord is and why He hasn't fulfilled a certain promise, your dilemma is not unbelief but faith because you do believe in God but He seems so silent and so distant. You believe in His Word but you're not seeing it at work in your life. Oh, when you're there in those moments, the psalmist said, I poured out my complaint before the Lord. I prayed. I made a statement Wednesday night, and Justin talked to me afterwards. He said, that should be the title of your message. The best place to complain is in the prayer room, the prayer closet, just you and the Lord. Tell him your heart. He can handle it. He'll give you a hearing. He'll hear you out. And thank the Lord in heaven that he'll say, all right now, now that you got that out of your system, let's see where we go from here. I'm here to help you. Isn't that wonderful? His grace is greater than our sin or than our grind in life. His grace is greater. And all of God's people said, Amen. Thank you for listening to The Shining Light. We pray that this time has been a time of encouragement and blessing to you. The Shining Light is a production of Shining Light Baptist Church, located at 2541 Old Charlotte Highway in Monroe, North Carolina. If you don't have a church home, we invite you to join us. Service times and more information can be found at our website, www.shininglightmonroe.com. You can also watch our services on Facebook and YouTube and connect with us on social media. Thank you for joining us, and God bless.